Bridging Ideas, where we discuss a variety of topics with industry experts on the what, how, and why of engineering. This is a BFW Markham podcast. Welcome to the podcast, and we're glad to have you with us today. We are going to be talking with Mike McGregor, who's a transportation engineer and project manager. Mike, thank you for being here today. It's, I'm happy to be here. Well, Mike, you know, as I do, that BFW is about setting itself apart in its belief system. We kind of go from the why of what we do uh, as more so than the how and what we do. So why don't we kick this off with you telling us just a little bit about your belief system as a person and engineer and how they intersect. Well, I grew up working with my dad in terms of uh, all the projects and stuff that he did around the house and he always would treat even the smallest projects around the house almost like we might treat a larger project in terms of always having a plan and drawing things out. And so from an early age, I, I learned that part of my belief system was if I'm going to do something, I want to try to do it right, put some thought into it, and ultimately develop the solution that is best for the situation. So I think it intersects really well with how BFW does things. I mean, we're always looking for the right solution, but it the right solution only comes when you you know your client, you learn what they want to do, you, you try to understand not only the questions that they're asking you in terms of a, a project or a problem, but also why. What can you learn about them that helps you understand what the, the end goal needs to be? And I have, in my previous life, I worked with Texas Transportation Cabinet, so I worked with a lot of different firms, and BFW is unique in their ability to build a rapport with clients and get to know them and understand what it is that they ultimately want from a project. And sometimes they might not know exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is the the relationship, the interaction that you have with them that, that really leads the team, the client and us as uh, the designer to the correct solution. And I have been really in awe of how the whole group of BFW has been able to incorporate that belief system in all the different projects that we've been involved in and um, it feels really good to be part of the team. You touched on uh, working with us before in your role with the transportation cabinet and of course we're talking about belief systems and how they work and how that sets us apart. What what are a few other things that you think set BFW apart from other engineering firms? Sure well, well what I've experienced in the past what I've experienced in the last couple of years uh, working with BFW is that we want to not only do what's best for us as a company. I mean, certainly we we owe it to to our employees to try to build our company to to the best that we can. But we always, in my opinion, have always looked out for the client and we've always looked out for the end user, whether it be transportation projects where we're looking out for that person who's going to be using that roadway or crossing that bridge. And and I think that that desire to really provide the best solution for the end user comes down to the fact that all of us are end users as well. Yeah. And our family and our friends are end users. And so I think that we we truly try to provide the best service for everyone that we can because we know that it's going to be our children, our parents, our friends that are traveling on these roadways, crossing these bridges, or utilizing these school buildings or or whatever it is that we're involved in. And we want them to be the safest they can be. We want them to be proud of the facilities that, that they're using. And in turn, 
we want to be proud of the products that we have provided for our clients and for the end users. And so it's been really, been really great to kind of pull the curtain back from the time when I worked for the transportation cabinet. You know, I, like I said, I worked with a lot of different firms, but, and VFW being one of them. And I, and I obviously could get a sense of what they were about, but it's hard to know until you actually go to work for someone to yeah. know what, what it is like. And so it's been a really pleasant experience to get behind the curtain and realize that it's not just a facade that I was seeing whenever I was working for KYTC. It is a true belief system that comes from our leadership down to try to build those relationships with our clients and ultimately provide that solution that is the best for everyone proud to be a part of it. I think that definitely speaks to our mission statement where we talk about being an extension to the client. I think it that touches on it really well, what you're saying there. I, we always want to make sure that we're doing the, the next right thing, that we're providing the service that the client deserves and that the public deserves. So uh, I appreciate what you're saying there for sure. How do you define doing the right thing in engineering? So, but just, you know, your personal belief system on doing the right thing as an engineer. Sure. I, I think that every engineer certainly prides himself in being the one that can solve that problem. And I think that as a, as a business, obviously we want to not only solve that problem, but we also want to be known, be recognized for solving that problem in the right way. And as I mentioned, I know that there's been many times where we're faced with us with a situation where, okay, do we do we go down this one road where we're we're not sure if it's going to be financially advantageous, but we know that if we go down that road that there's a greater likelihood that the client is going to be very satisfied, that the end user is going to be more appreciative and 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 more accepting of whatever the decision is that we've made. And I, and I think that um, it's very important that we always make sure that we're making those decisions for the, the right reasons. Yes, everyone, I think everyone expects that a business has to try to do things that is financially sound, but there it, all, it will come back down to the, the partnership and the relationship that we have with our clients and the, the know-how that we have in terms of the community and what, what will work best for the community and the clients that should guide our decision-making along with trying to make sure that we're providing a good, sound financial foundation for employees that work for BFW. You know, we pride ourselves on the quality of our work and getting it right. But, you know, as in life and everything, setbacks happen. Let's talk a little bit about setbacks. And let's talk about how you as an engineer handle those setbacks when they come along and the company and all of it is involved with that. Like I said, engineers always pride themselves in making sure that they have dotted every I and crossed every T and come up with the right answer mm -hmm. and quite frankly there are times in which engineers kind of bristle a bit if somebody comes to them and says well I'm not sure if that's exactly right or maybe you should consider doing it this way have you thought about that or whatever <laughs> and um so like instead of one two three one two five 
Right, right. <laughs> and so sometimes I have seen uh, in the past, not necessarily here, but in my previous life where someone's pride might prevent them from making a correction that could ultimately make a project much, much better. Yeah. And so what I always personally try to do and what I feel like I have witnessed as a member of BFW is, yeah, we always want to be right, but we recognize that we all are human. And if something isn't exactly right or there is a set back or maybe there is a better way to do something I don't let pride get in my way yeah I'll say okay yeah well, well let's let's look at it this way or you're right I think that we could do it better or maybe there is an adjustment that should have been made that we can now make and I, and I have seen that I mean to a person in in this company that there are folks that are willing set aside whatever personal barriers they might have yeah. to ultimately provide to the client the best solution because 99 times out of 100 the client is not going to remember a hiccup if you will as long as the, the end result exceeds their expectations and ultimately that's what we want what do you see the future of transportation moving towards? And, you know, not necessarily too far out, but what, what, what's trending right now in transportation and, and how is BFW tackling that? The way of the world right now is, uh, and this is obviously applicable in transportation, is that everyone is looking to do more with less. Technology, efficiencies, means and methods, you know, everyone is looking to try to continue to provide the best service or the best product, keeping in mind that you have to minimize costs. You have to minimize the inputs that go into everything and still try to maximize the outputs. And of course, this this past year with the pandemic, we as a firm and, and the transportation industry and quite frankly business across the board has been faced with challenges that I assume nobody ever would have foreseen so it has been really interesting to see how the industry and then as a company how we've been able to adapt to still being able to provide services for our clients that are still trying to provide services for their taxpayers for instance if it's a if it's a DOT and how to do that while still providing a safe work environment for our employees. And so I feel like we've been very successful at that. I think that the transportation industry as a whole has been pretty successful in in terms of being able to still provide the, the products and services for people while maintaining safety. I mean, I've been involved in so many Zoom calls with lots of different clients and and, and different uh, engineering firms and all of them seem to be taking it very seriously and I I think that I say that because that is part of the trend for the future Mm -hmm. and it hopefully will not be for the same reasons that everyone is is working from home and trying to utilize technologies in in different ways to to be productive but I still think that the, the, the eyes have been open to a lot of people that utilizing those technologies and utilizing different ways to provide engineering services will be the way of the future. I think that we're going to see more and more of Zoom calls and uh, virtual meetings and the ability to 
accomplish a lot of things with maybe not having to get in a car and drive there or fly across the country or whatever. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, and I think you bring up an interesting point to that as far as not having to get in a car and drive somewhere or go to a meeting in person. When this pandemic hit, you know, we were probably better prepared than most because we have eight locations. And even within transportation, you guys are working between Lexington, Kentucky, Marion, Illinois, Springfield, Illinois, and Cape Gerardo, Missouri, we've had placed things in place where it's almost like remote working anyway because you've got people in four different places working on the same project. So we had those things in place that helped us kind of jump ahead when it came to the point where we had to do remote work. And I'll be honest, I have, over the course of my career, I have probably been a little slow to some of the the programs and the technologies because I've always been in an office surrounded with most of my co-workers. And if I had something I had to do in Frankfurt election, and when I when I worked for the cabinet, many times I didn't have a choice. It was going to be a, a in-person meeting, so I did a lot of traveling. But what I have found is because of being forced into doing more of the uh, virtual stuff that I really do enjoy it because you can, it does really allow for a bit more efficiency because if I, if I had to be in the car for four hours each way to go to Frankfurt, Lexington, you know, that area, there's not a lot you can do while you're driving up. In fact, there's a, you shouldn't be doing a lot <laughs> That's of stuff right. when you're driving <laughs> up and down the road. Yeah. Um, but if I'm at my desk and I can conduct two or three meetings in a in a day virtually and still be able to utilize that time that otherwise would have been, you know, behind a windshield to get a lot of other things done, I think we just overall become more productive. But then back kind of to your original question about, you know, trends in the in the transportation industry, it does make you wonder what will that end up doing for an industry as a whole in terms of traffic projections and traffic growth and all those types oh, of man. things. You know, if people are staying and working from their house more so than if they were driving to a brick and mortar order office or to other meetings, what will that do? Well, I think history has told us that anytime there's been a dynamic change in the way that things happen is, yeah, you there may be some aspects of your job that are not as demanding as they once were, but guaranteed there'll be other aspects of your job that will become more demanding. So even though we, we, you may, we may get into pro- providing more things from a technological standpoint for the drivers that are out there, maybe we won't be into the huge expansion of roadways, but maybe the roadways that we do have, we get into where we're smarter roadways, we're we're introducing more intelligent transportation systems, you know, maybe we're looking at all kinds of different things within infrastructure that we do have. I don't know. I don't know for sure exactly what that will look like, but I think that there's a a strong likelihood that if, if we see a decrease in some of the things we've done previously, I guarantee you there will be an increase in things that maybe we have dabbled in, but we we have to do a lot more. Or there may be there may be sectors of our business uh, or tasks that we don't even know yet. Well, I think we have an interesting example of that uh, on our website in the blog, and it's an article that 
features you and it's on rural roads and you talk about in that article you know at one point roads were designed for local communities to get from point a to point b and then interstates came along you know so are the trends into that more smart technology the roads whatever it may be i think we can agree that it's going to be something because okay. when when they developed the the rural road they didn't anticipate a superhighway right you know so like you said you might get rid of one thing but you're going to replace it with another so if if this were to lead for people not traveling in much in one form they're probably going to do it in another form and i think sure. that i think that we as a company position ourselves to be there maybe not ahead of the curve every time but we're at least right there at it so that we can help people transition into whatever that new thing is sure and I, and i think that comes that comes back to kind of the original culture of us knowing our clients, knowing our communities, knowing our industry, so that, as you said, maybe we're not 100% of the time ahead of the curve, but we're not far off of it because we're, we're, we have not developed our company in such a way that we, we sit back and are totally reactionary. We're always trying to make sure that we are developing that re, uh, relationship and building that rapport and understanding the struggles that any and all of our clients are going through so that we're, 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 we're right alongside with them. We're not waiting for them to tell us what it is that they're faced with because we're right along beside of them. We're anticipating what they're faced with at the time that they're anticipating it right. so that we can be the partner that they need to address whatever issue it is. Right. Right. And, you know, whether it be the increase in autonomous vehicles or whatever. I mean, there, there, there will be something in the industry that our clients will be faced with. And if we're, if we're a friend right along beside of them in that journey, we'll be just as prepared, hopefully, as, as they are to be able to tackle it. Mike, we're in the middle of the holiday season. We've come off Thanksgiving. Christmas is right around the corner, literally, uh, as we <laughs> record this. So maybe we end this with just um, you telling the audience what you're thankful for. I am so thankful for the opportunity that was given to me um, a couple years ago when I was faced with a, a, a transition in my life when it came time for me to retire for, from a state government and I took a little time off and I uh, kind of pondered, you know, what, what do I want to do next? I mean, I felt like I was young enough, still had enough in the tank to try to yes. to do something else. And, and, and as I mentioned, I had the opportunity to work with lots of different companies when I worked for the Transportation Cabinet. And when I was faced with a real opportunity to work for BFW, I jumped at the opportunity because I knew the culture. I knew the leadership. I knew uh, a lot of the people uh, that worked there, but I also knew enough that uh, the ones that I didn't yet know, I was pretty sure I was going to like and fit in well with. And I'm so thankful that I had that opportunity. I'm so thankful that I took that opportunity, and I'm thankful for the, this past two years and how how much it has allowed me to grow as a person and as an engineer um, to be able to get involved with cl different clients in different states doing different things that I had not previously had an opportunity to be a part of and, and faced with the pandemic of, of 2020. I'm so thankful that, that we that I still have a job, <laughs> yeah. that we have, have a job here with uh, 
VFW because it, there are so many people that have faced so many struggles this year. Um, and I and I credit the vision of our leadership to to diversify to the extent that they have over the years, so that they were at, we have been as a company able to withstand some pretty harsh conditions this year, and and not only withstand them, but uh, I, I feel like, and I, I, th- I don't think I'm alone in feeling this, that, that our company has not only survived, but we have thrived um, during this during this time because we, we did have those relationships, not only with traditional clients, but also mm-hmm. new clients. Very, very thankful for the opportunity to be a part of it. Well, we're very glad you're here. We're glad two years ago you made that decision to come <laughs> over for sure. Mike, thank you again. Uh, we appreciate uh, you being with us today and giving us a little insight into uh, your brain as an engineer and, uh, and a little bit of insight into the company. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bridging Ideas. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We greatly appreciate that effort. This has been a BFW Markham podcast.